0: You're listening to the Women in Western podcast with your host, Cheyenne Draves. This is a lifestyle podcast where we discuss everything from faith to family, business and fitness with an emphasis on the glam and grit of women in the Western lifestyle community. Grab a coffee and go for a walk or a drive. Let's chat and inspire each other to be the best version of ourselves. Hello ladies and welcome to this week's bonus episode of the Women in Western podcast. It is Monday so you're getting a little bit of an early release and we will be releasing another episode this Wednesday so in two days and I do have to apologize for not having an episode last week. (laughs) So I have had last week's episode prepped for a while. We had the date picked out. It was an interview with um someone local, so she was going to come to my house and we we're going to record together in person, which is always so fun. And I woke up Tuesday morning absolutely debilitated. I had a fever. I had body chills. It was not a good time. And I will just um let you figure out what you think it was. <laughs> uh code word c <laughs> i will say i had the covid so i am feeling much better this week but last week i was not about to have a guest over when i was absolutely debilitated um that being said i'll go right into my highlight of the week and my highlight of the week um although i did have a pretty big uh should say upset with getting sick um my highlight was the amount of help I had from my husband and my mom um they really stepped it up because with a one and a half year old baby, it's very hard to be sick. So having so much help from my mom so I could get some rest and my husband, you know, working 12 hour days and coming home and helping and making dinner and all that stuff, that definitely was the highlight. And just being able to um, stay home and kind of take a break and slow down, I think that was pretty good too. So this bonus episode we are doing, it actually turned into a pretty long one. So I hope you guys enjoy it. We we are doing Western hot takes and just a little controversial this or that. A lot of stuff in the Western industry that is. Um what's the word for it? Just like stuff that's a little spicy um, that you can have opinions on. And I decided to have one of my best friends, Aurora Dan Borja on. She lives in Steubenville, Texas, and I decided to have her on to do this. And it made it so much more fun because we live in different areas where the climate's different and we have different kinds of horses. So it just made it um, a little bit better to kind of have a better conversation. And I really want to hear what your guys' opinions are on these. So make sure after after you listen to this episode, to go to our Instagram and comment your hot takes on what your opinions are on these topics. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right, welcome to the podcast, Aurora Dan Borja. You guys have heard from Aurora before. She was actually our very first interview. And she's here today. She's one of my best friends to help out with this episode. I felt like it'd be super fun having someone else on with a way different perspective, way different place that they live, and just way different um, you know, different opinion to be able to do something like this. I feel like it'd be really fun. What's happening, Aurora?
1: Hey guys, it's me. I'm back for hopefully a much more uplifting episode than my original episode. That one was pretty deep, so.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. Her first episode that she was on here, we um, talked to her about her birthing story and her pregnancy. And you should just go give it a listen, Um, but just be prepared. It'll be, yeah, a little less uh, lighthearted than this one. I love it. Well, Aurora, we're going to get started. We're doing a controversial hot take um, Western version of this or that. Um, so there's just a lot of stuff that we came up with um, that are kind of polar opposites in the Western industry. And just kind of talking about things that we prefer over the others and little hot takes and we'll see how much we agree on and how much we don't.
1: Yeah, let's get going. I'm excited.
0: Okay, well, do you want to start out just by um, telling everyone a little bit about what you do with your horses and and where you live and stuff like that, um, if no one's heard your first episode?
1: Yeah, if you don't know who I am or if you didn't listen to my first episode, uh, obviously my name is Aurora. I live in Stephenville, Texas. I've lived there for coming up on three years. Uh, My husband and I, we have a little, I would call it a ranchette. Um, We have about uh, four acres up there. And uh, basically, my husband's a team roper, and I am kind of to transitioning, finding how I can be in the Western community and be a mom and be a student. Um, so I am a leader on our local flag team. I run flags at the perfs for the rodeo here and uh, do parade events uh, around Stephenville. We do the Fort Worth Stock Show, which is a big deal for us. Um, And then I have a colt that I'm starting right now, and I'm hoping in the next year or two to be able to do ranch versatility on him, Um, but that's a little bit down the road. He's not quite there yet, Um, but that's me. That's what we do, and that's pretty much what my life revolves around.
0: (laughs) I love it. Well, let's get started. Topic number one, split reins versus roping reins or closed reins.
1: Okay. Okay. this one, I'm not too, like, one or the other on because I think that reins are something that's very horse-dependent. Me, personally, I ride my husband's uh, rope horse. Obviously, he has roping reins, so closed reins. I ride him in closed reins pretty much no matter what. Um, I lope him in a loping hack if we're just at the house, but um, in parades. And when I run flags on him, he's in roping reins. And then, obviously, when my husband ropes on him, he's he's in roping reins. Um, so that's for him. And he's a little bit older of a horse. He's more seasoned. He's a completely finished rope horse. However, my Colt, I only have ever ridden him in split reins, but that's because in my opinion, split reins are so much more versatile. You don't just use your split reins to control your horse. Like I use them to tie his face around um, when I was teaching him kind of to be more supple in the mouth. And and that's something you need uh, a split rein for when he's naughty. I use it to kind of tie his face down and behind his saddle. Um, and that's just, that's just kind of what they're used for, right? Like split reins it's more for cowboy and that's, that's kind of what they're for. Um, so that's just my opinion. Um, like I said, I have a little bit of, of each, uh, literally a horse dependent kind of thing. What about you, Shai?
0: Definitely horse dependent. Um, But I will say that I am predominantly a split reins kind of gal. And the reason I am, I, it's definitely a training aid and like using the end of a uh, split rain is like a little, you know, quarter over under or something. If you <laughs> Exactly. If you need like a little <laughs> discipline, a little smack on the butt. Um, and just for me, the feel of them is better. I like having the weight on each side of them. I really like the weight of split rains. Um, and I, you know, when Josh was cowboying and we were doing stuff like that and we're out gathering or we're in the sort pen and we're sorting, they were just really handy for sorting and like hitting a horse on the head if the horse is trying to get by you and stuff like that. So they're just like all around great. And I prefer them. Like I said, the weight of them I like more. Um, I did have to put a set of roping reins or closed reins on, um, the head I use for running flags just because stuff started getting in the way and Everyone on my team had closed reins and I felt like I was the odd man out that <laughs> had the only yeah, person with split say, reins.
1: I don't think any I don't think anybody on my team uh, rides with split reins No, right, especially it's... when we're running flags because exactly. we at Greeley, you guys are hauling butt around that freaking arena. So
0: Yeah, we're not um just in need... a yeah. <laughs> we're not just in a small pen that we can like do a fun lope around. No. We uh, definitely need stuff off the ground and out of the way. <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um so the next question, so this one, flashy outfit and print or just a traditional colored pearl snap?
1: Okay, so I am not a flashy outfit when I'm riding kind of girl at all. Like I like a statement piece when I'm uh like going out or something and I'm kind of trying to channel that western fashion, but when I'm riding, no, I'm pretty much in a pair of jeans and in a nice conservative uh pearl snap.
0: I love it. Um, You know, I'm the opposite. (laughs) So I (laughs) love a flashy outfit. I love a bright colored shirt. I love something that's going to stand out. Um, I think for me at first, it was really hard and I tried really hard to fit into the traditional colored pearl snap like not standing out kind of thing because I was really insecure of like, okay, I felt like if you were going to wear something super flashy, you had to be a hand. Like it was like, if you're going to wear something that stands out that big, like you have to be a hand and like actually know what you're doing, but it's totally not true. Like I just like to look good and have fun. So I definitely love like the fun standout-ish colors, but um, that's just me. It's
1: funny that it's funny that you say that because I think about pictures that I've seen of you from like when you guys were doing like the Great American horse drive and stuff and I remember seeing those pictures and I like can think to myself like oh my god like Cheyenne looks so good like I literally want to look like that when I'm on a horse and you're just in like not a crazy pearl snap just I think there's like one picture you're in kind of like a pink kind of printed pearl snap and I like I can remember that picture I saw it and I was like I want to look like that like she looks like you look like you had it all together you're the best Um, so like (laughs) low-key I channel you when I try to like like get my my crap together and uh look good on a horse because like those pictures and everything I know you said you were probably like oh my god like do I like do I look weird do is everybody looking at me but like I was like she's got it going on I want to look like that so I love it so like not it's all in your head if you think like I saw this on Instagram the other day you're the only one that thinks you can't pull something off nobody it's else so true. nobody else cares
0: it's so true. If you put on an outfit and you're like, oh my gosh, I won't be able to pull this off, you don't go to the club and see a girl and say, Oh, like she's no. not pulling that off. Like you're not out in you're public and say, You're in the bathroom, saying, in the bathroom with
1: her and you're like,
0: girl, you I wish I could do that. <laughs> Literally. Okay. So yeah. It's so true. Well, and for those of you guys that don't know, the Great American Horse Drive, um, it was a big horse drive that um my husband's company does every year. And we basically drive like three to five hundred horses. Um about 60 miles through town um, from winter pasture to summer pasture. And it was just like a fun, you know, tradition that the company does. And a lot of photographers come. So people want to look really good and be completely dressed to the nines for it. And so everyone's in like their really good outfits. But for me, it was always like, I want to, like, stand out in these pictures. Like, I want the photographers that are taking pictures to, like, want to photograph me. So I and, – and like you said, they weren't crazy flashy, but it was, like, a shirt with, like, hot pink arrows on it and the big earrings. I would do massive earrings <laughs> with
1: yeah, this and you guys are, like, literally – like, it's not like you're going to a five-star hotel every night and, like, getting a nice hot shower and stuff. We're living and, like, in a dinner,
0: camper for a week. Literally.
1: <laughs> literally so like you probably hadn't showered in like three days and you're like no. these pictures of you look awesome so awesome.
0: I'm gonna have to put this on the women in western um story but there's a picture I have on my computer of one of the horse drives and my hair is literally matted under my hat because I had it down because I thought it looked so cute down and it's literally in a mat and so I took my hat off and my husband took a picture of the back and my hair is in a giant mat and I was like oh but the pictures turned out good though <laughs>
1: Probably gave you some like extra volume under. Yeah, the hat. I think it
0: did. It was a giant mat. It took me like forever to comb out. It was awful. Okay, next question: felt versus straw. I'll let you start this one out.
1: Okay. Um, I know you probably thought I was gonna go uh, straw just because I live in Texas and it's always so hot here, but no, I love felt hats. I actually have two custom felt hats from Capital Hatters. Shout out to Capital Hatters, best hat shop you know in Texas. Uh, they're they're the best and I have two custom felt hats from them and I am literally counting down the days until we get a cold front and I can start wearing my felt hats because I just absolutely love them I love how classy they look um I feel like they're easier to kind of just like wear around town uh with like a not completely like I just stepped off a horse outfit um I absolutely love a felt hat what about you?
0: I love that. Yeah, I was not expecting that. I thought you were going to go straw. Um, For me, well, here's the thing. This is kind of like a hot take too. I don't have a huge preference. I love felts and I love how they look. And I also love straws. I feel like in the summer, straws are super like punchy looking and you can get such a cool looking straw. There's so much like variety. However, this is where I think you and I's opinion differs. I am a huge proponent of the Memorial Day and Labor Day <laughs> rule. Mm-hmm. And that's because I don't live in a state where it's hundred degrees until November. Yeah. But here up North in Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, we follow this rule here. Um, after Memorial Day, you can wear a straw. I mean, you can wear your felt year round, but after Memorial Day, it's okay to wear a straw. But after Labor Day, you are not allowed to wear that straw anymore. It is felt season. So I am a big yeah, proponent of that. It's
1: completely, completely different here because like I can remember like the day after Christmas last year, uh, my mom and I actually took Boudreaux to the lake in the town over and we rolled up our pants and went like waded into the water because it was the day after Christmas and it was 86 degrees.
0: That disgusts me. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the hot. I hate it so much.
1: Yeah. So we don't really, I mean, I'm sure there are people out here because there's a lot of like old generational cowboys out here. I'm sure that there are people that follow that, but um, yeah, no it's... people wear straws like year round here because it is like, we just finished one of the hottest um, summers on record. We're in a huge drought. um, So it's really, really hot. I haven't seen anybody wear a felt in a minute because it's literally been, I think every day in July was triple digits here.
0: Yeah, and they're probably um, not coming anytime soon. Those felts no, to Texas.
1: I know. I'm very sad. I I have this beautiful, like I said, um, I got it. My husband got it for me for Mother's Day. It's a beautiful kind of like off greeny gray color. And I cannot wait to wear it. And I'm just like, that, that first cold front, man, I'm ready. See, we've
0: already had ours. We've already had our first like rainy day that I like lit a fall candle and decorated my whole house and was like this close to making chili. So...
1: Oh yeah, no, i fall decorated my house while it was like 95 degrees out. Oh
0: gosh, no. (laughs) Okay, next question. Running bread or cow bread, quarter horses?
1: Cow bread, all the way.
0: Wow. You know, that's so funny because I was, I kind of didn't know what you were going to answer to that.
1: Well, I mean, I don't have a whole lot. I've only been fortunate enough to uh, own two actually papered quarter horses. Um, They're my gildings right now. Um, my husband's rope horse, I don't, he's not bred anything super special. However, my colt, um, I got him specifically for his breeding. Um, he's not a running bred horse. He's pretty much, uh, just Joe Hancock, blue Valentine, um, type all around ranch horse. So I don't really have a lot of experience with running bred horses. Um, but I do know that I love my cow bred horses and I've loved every single cow bred horse I've ever thrown a leg over.
0: I love it. Well, for me, um, I definitely am going to have to say cowbred. Um, I just don't, um, I don't barrel race. I don't do any timed events yet. Um, so I don't necessarily have a need for horses that are super, you know, that are running bred. Um, I do love a nice athletic cowbred horse. However, I will say I am not a huge fan of, the very short, stocky, like cutting bread, cow horses. Um, if you've seen pictures of my horses, they are 16 hands plus, um, and they're definitely a little larger, um, not low to the ground. And I wouldn't even say they're super athletic in the fact that they're super quick. Um, but they are cow They are two eyed Jack and, um, yeah, I would say cow bread too, for sure. Yeah, it's um, funny
1: that you say that. That's one thing that we have similar is that your two geldings are are big and my two geldings are big. My colt's not even done growing yet and he's he's going to be huge. And my husband's rope horse, he's, he's huge too. I just got him out two days ago because he kind of has had the summer off because my husband's been working so much and not really able to rope. But I was like, we got to get in rodeo shape because the rodeo in Stephenville is next month. Uh, so we're going to be really busy with that. And he has a hay belly. Like you would not believe, like he looks stout. Um, so homeboy is going on an exercise plan.
0: <laughs> You're like, we're going to do this together, sir. Okay. Next yes. question. Timed events versus rough stock.
1: Okay. Uh, controversial answer because I am married to a team roper. However, I love rough stock. I absolutely love it. Um, my favorite has got to be uh, saddle Bronk I just I I could I could watch a whole rodeo of just like every single event, just saddle bronc. Like I could watch it over and over and over again. It's it's my absolute favorite event. Um, my son Boudreaux was named after bull rider Boudreaux Campbell. Um, so we're I I I just love rough stock events. I think if I was a dude, I would have totally tried to do rough stock. I'm actually um, going to be riding a steer in the ladies steer. Uh, riding event at the Tarleton Halloween rodeo because I kind of uh, opened my mouth and so that I would do it and now I have to because people have volunteered to pay my entry fees <laughs> so stay tuned to see how that goes um, and I kind of have a goal of mine to at least enter like a ladies ranch bronc once before I'm 30 so I have three years to do that um, oh yeah, you I totally definitely. can thank you I appreciate that I have a Hancock colt so I feel like I'm already like preparing for that um But yeah, definitely big rough stock girl.
0: Me too. I'm a big rough stock gal. I've never been super obsessed with timed events. Um, my husband, when we met, he has rode his fair share of um ranch rodeo broncs. So he did a lot of ranch bronc riding, and he actually rode his last ranch bronc when I moved out here in two, uh, thousand sixteen up at the Terry Bison Ranch in Wyoming. And um, uh
1: uses the Terry Bison Ranch. Uh, yes.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> and the pickup man kicked him in the head, The pickup man's horse kicked my husband in the head and after that he was like "Mm, I don't need to do this anymore (laughs) and now he's a dad so I'm like nah we can we can cut that out but yeah we we do have a have a love for the rough stock I have some friends that ride Bronx and it's just really fun to watch I'm obsessed with it um next one cinch or wrangler jeans
1: neither times all the way
0: Ooh, hot take (laughs)
1: Um, and I'll tell you why until very recently, I could not get a pair of Wrangler jeans to fit me. I'm very petite. Um, and I can remember a couple years ago, I was at the NFR in Vegas and I was at Cowboy Christmas and I went to the Wrangler booth and I was like, why do you guys like, why didn't any of your jeans fit me? Like literally like to the point where you could just pants me, like I couldn't get any to even remotely fit me. And um, the lady there, she was like, oh, it's funny you say that because the like our CEO's wife has been working on a line because she's really petite, too. And she wants more jeans like out there for more petite women. Um, but we just haven't like got to like getting it out there yet. And I was like, oh, OK, like, cool. Let me know when that happens. And I still um, I, I don't have any Wranglers. I used their maternity je- maternity jeans um, while I was pregnant. I think they're called the Wrangler Maze. And I really like them. Uh, while I was pregnant. I mean, I wasn't doing a lot because I, was, I didn't have a great pregnancy. You can listen to the other podcast about that. But um, it, it was nice to have a really nice, well-made pair of maternity jeans. But other than that, I don't own any cinch jeans. And those are the only Wrangler jeans I've ever worn. So I'm Team Kimes all the way.
0: That's so funny you say that because I am Team Wrangler. And he, I am Team Wrangler for the exact opposite reason that you are like Team Kimes. because so. I love Kimes jeans. I have a pair, and um, cinch jeans. Women's cinch jeans are very similar to Kimes jeans, where they are. There's not a lot of stretch to them. Like they're super um, stiff and they like hold you in, which is good. But I have a lot of curves and my weight fluctuates. I feel like like I frequently fluctuate between like five and ten pounds, and so Wranglers, their Q baby jeans, are very stretchy and have a lot of stretch to them. And Aurora and I have very different builds. <laughs> like, I am 5'10, 185 pounds, and Aurora is very petite. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm 5'1 and I'm anywhere between like 110 and 115 pounds. So, exactly. Um,
0: yeah. So, I feel like that's like a test, a good testament to like, there's all kinds of kinds, and like, everyone needs. Like a different kind of thing. And like I said, I do like my chimes, but I feel like there's certain days I can't wear them because they're like way too tight. And then some days they're like, okay, but they're not stretching to me very good. So I am a Wrangler gal, I will say. And I was pissed because I think I'm the reason.
1: I feel like there's a hot take here.
0: There is a hot take. I have beef with (laughs) Wrangler. And I feel like I need credit for this because I, so when I was pregnant, no Western Jean Company made maternity jeans. Kind, oh, Cinch, I Wrangler. I, I was pissed. I had to buy those stupid maternity jeans and I'm 5'10". So it looked like I was waiting for a damn flood. They're like three inches too. <laughs> their long size was like three inches too short. I hated everything about it. And so I would go on my Instagram stories and rant about it all the time. I would always say like, you guys need to make maternity jeans. Literally the month after I gave birth to my daughter, Wrangler's like, we I have a maternity jean. Yeah, I'm like, I'm the reason you have them.
1: Literally, because, um, I remember cause backstory, um, let's see, I got pregnant in like late October, early November. So you were like more than halfway through your pregnancy by then. And I can remember talking to you about it. And I can remember, I think I was at Teske's and I called you, I think. And I was like, they have the Wrangler maternity jeans here.
0: I was like, absolutely not. What? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, no, I felt like Regina George when she goes in her room and starts screaming (laughs) and ripping stuff down. That was me.
1: And I also have a hot take for this, too. Um, If you're not like into big brands and you kind of want to like shy away from that. I have three pairs of jeans from Murdoch's that I got actually when I was in Colorado for your wedding. And I still absolutely love them. I can't remember what the brand is. It's like silver something. It's whatever the brand that Murdoch's carries is. They are amazing. I love them. They're stretchy. They're comfortable. They're long enough to wear with boots. They're the best.
0: Okay. We're going to have to, we're going to have to find out that brand and post it because love that. Okay. Next question. Gooseneck versus bumper pull.
1: Gooseneck all the way. I have both. Um, I have a flatbed bumper pole and then our horse trailer is a gooseneck, but I could pull that gooseneck anywhere. Don't ask me to back up the bumper pole.
0: Oh, absolutely not. I am 100% a gooseneck fan. I pulled a two-horse bumper pole starting when I was like 18 until I was like 20-something, early 20s. Um, Little two-horse bumper pole. Why are those so freaking hard to drive? Backing those things up is insane. And then you get a nice gooseneck and you can get a a gooseneck trailer that's super like every day. Like we have just a three horse um, gooseneck. That's what we have with the tack room in front. And it's like the easiest thing to pull. Um, Perfect. If you just need a day trailer, take something to the vet or something like it's not too big. Like A gooseneck doesn't mean you need like a 50 foot trailer. Um, But yeah, gooseneck. 100%. Yeah.
1: I, I love our gooseneck. We have similar, it's a little bit smaller because we have a collapsible um, tack room. So it's a three horse, but it's really a two horse because we use the tack room. Um, and we have a really big truck. We have a Ram 3500. So it's huge. And you don't even like, I don't even know I'm hauling a trailer when I'm, when I'm hauling it. Um, yeah. I will, I would literally rather go get hay with my horse trailer than get hay with the bumper pole because Please, please do not ask me to back the bumper pull up to the bay so that they can load the hay because I, I can't do it.
0: They're so bad. Um, neoprene cinch versus a mohair cinch.
1: Mohair no because I've never seen a neoprene cinch that didn't look like it was 8,000 years old.
0: Literally, like why do they apart. all look like that?
1: They literally all... I know that Fallon Taylor's um, line just came out with some neoprene cinches. So I don't know if they're like really nice. I know that you're a big fan of hers.
0: Um, Yeah, they do look really cute, and those ones you can take apart to clean really easy, so I'm going to have to give those a, a try. But,
1: like, literally, I have never seen a neoprene cinch that wasn't, like, disintegrating and, like, looked disgusting.
0: Oh yeah, maybe she's doing something with hers because you can actually like clean them well. But yeah, I yeah. too. I really want to learn
1: how to make mohair singes and breast collars. That's like on my to-do list in the next couple of years. I really want to get like a weaving loom and learn how to do that. So I think that that's really cool that you can. That's it's just a handmade uh, product with like a lot of history in Western culture.
0: And they yeah. just look so nice. I have a hot pink one and I love it. <laughs> my husband's yeah, is purple. I have...
1: <laughs> I'm sure he loves that. Oh, he loves um, it. I actually just put, um, I had a blue one that was on my rope saddle, but I sold my rope saddle and I actually just put my blue one on Boudreaux's saddle, so it's really
0: Oh, cute. so cute. <laughs> um, So, all right, a horse with some color versus bays and sorrels.
1: Um, hot take. If the horse does the job, I don't care what it looks like. However, I'm not a fan of paints. Um... I'm a big blue roan girl. Uh, I had this briar horse when I was very young and it was a rearing blue roan Appaloosa. Shout out to anybody that had that same briar as me. And I was like obsessed with it. And I was like, I'm going to have a horse that looks like this one day. Fast forward to me now. I have my, um, my blue roan Colt Hayes. Um, But at the end of the day, if it's got four legs and it knows what it's doing, I don't really care what it looks like.
0: I love it. Um, So here we go. I. Do have a, a hot take in the sense that I am a little bit of a color snob. <laughs> um, I don't love red horses. I don't love sorrels. I'm not like obsessed. I don't know. I I guess if it was something really cool and really handy, I would love it, but um, not a big fan. Um, Josh and I did throw go through a phase when we were dating where we had so many bay horses I say, <laughs> bay- you guys are like the bay bay thoroughbreds yeah <laughs> actually don't ask me what that um phase was about we had a <laughs> um one bay thoroughbred mare named river and i did not get along with her i don't get along with mares at all um I mean, but yeah. we sold her and then my husband exactly exactly that's why we have geldings um my husband also had this bay thoroughbred gelding that he bought as a 2-year-old and and made that horse into something really cool and that horse we sold and he actually paid for our wedding. So shout out to Mr. Fox the thoroughbred the bay. Um but I will say I'm not like the biggest like bay fan either. Like I like color. Like is that so hard <laughs> to wrap your head around? Like so no,
1: I I don't I don't think that's a problem at all. No. If you know what you like, you know what you like.
0: Right I like having color out in the pasture I like having stuff that looks good so um I have my bay Roan horse and then my husband has a gray horse and um his gray he's four he's just really unique in that that you know like four years old they're still changing a ton so winter he turns like black and then summer he's um super super light a lot of people think he's a uh, blue roan because his head kind of stays a little dark and his mane and tail stay black um but my next dream horse is a palomino. Um, I, if any of you guys take this idea, any of you listeners, I will find you. But I, in my lifetime, will have a yellow horse named Queso. That has been my dream <laughs> is to have a yellow horse named Queso, like a dark chocolatey or goldeny palomino. It's like kind of darker. Name him Queso. I really want that. Um, yeah, okay. I and mean,
1: you can fulfill all of your Western Barbie dreams because, right? Blonde yeah. Blonde with the palomino, it'll, exactly. just, it'll be a whole vibe.
0: It needs to be a vibe. Um, okay, next question. Spade bits versus correction bits.
1: Okay, I'm going to throw this out here. I have absolutely no experience with spade bits. Um, so I, I don't really have a strong opinion um, either way. I... I'm kind of still learning about kind of using different bits. This colt of mine is kind of the first colt that I've started. And so obviously I am taking it slow with him. He still rides in just a loose ring snaffle with a really slow twist in it. Um, so, you know, I don't really have too strong of an opinion one way or the other. I will say that soft hands make fast horses. So I think a lot of it is about the rider.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. So for me, um, I actually, I like am the first person self-proclaimed that I say I don't train horses. I'm not a horse trainer. Um, I know how to ride. I know how to get around one. I know how to correct certain stuff, but I don't like to pretend I know, um, how to start to finish a horse. I, you know, um, I helped my husband start my cult. And he's really cool. And I feel I've been riding most of my life. So I like to think I know a little bit about what I'm doing. Um, That being said, I don't necessarily ride with a ton of quote unquote correction bits. Um, I like to ride all of our horses that we start. We start in a halter. Like if they can't ride in a halter, I don't want it. Um, So every single thing, like basically until they're like three, we're riding them around in a halter and then we'll introduce them to just an O-ring snaffle. Um, So I really like the O-ring. Um, bit. I yeah, that, love that. That's bit. like where I am with my right now. Yeah, it's um, it's. He's riding
1: around an O-ring, and he's he's just past three, so he's he's about exactly. Three and
0: a half. Yeah, so I I love an O-ring bit, but I've never been one to ride in um super correctional like sliding gags and stuff like that Mm -hmm. just because I felt like I never really knew exactly like what to do with them that being said um my husband has like this affinity for fancy bits and so a lot of our stuff would go um step up from you know something with like a small shank to something like really fancy with like a, a taller port and it's very true what you say that like once you start getting bigger bits like that and just being in like the cowboy world and having fancier um, saddle horses and just having a really nice bridle horse, um, the bigger the bit you're using, the way less you're doing with your hand, if that makes sense. Because like a spade bit, it's basically just working to like sit there in the mouth and the leverage and the weight of that bit itself is basically doing all you need. So by the time you're riding with something like a big spade bit, um, it that's a finished bridle horse that you're not really needing to do a whole lot of work on. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say spade bits. I've just never worked with a ton of like correction bits and, and worked a ton with that. I feel like that's when you get into the nitty gritty of like this horse does one job and it needs to do this thing really well. So we're working on this one thing. Whereas I've always ridden like all around horses that just do like a ton of stuff and we're working on everything. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my yeah. Hot and take. it can
1: be really <laughs> overwhelming. Um, like like I said, I want to try and get into ranch versatility in the near future, which consists you know of raining cutting trail and pleasure classes and that world let me tell you the bits in that world it, it's crazy I have already I'm not even in it yet but the research that I've done I've already learned so much um and it can be really intimidating because you see these completely finished like rainers or cutters with these crazy spade bits in their mouth and I'm just like oh my god like I have, I have no idea Right. There's so much to learn with my (laughs) colt trying to like, we're just about, I think in the next, probably 30 days, I'll put something, some sort of leverage bit in his mouth, but I'm like, I'm nowhere near that there yet. And I rely a lot on, um, I'm the same way. Like I would never claim to be a horse trainer. Like I said, I know how to ride and I'm pretty sticky and I can stay on. Um, but I rely a lot on the opinions and advice of people who are more experienced than I am to kind of help me out and tell me, you know, when they think my horse is ready for, you know, a step up. I did not put the first couple rides on my colt. I sent him off for 75 days because I'm a mom of a baby and I cannot get hurt. Um, So, you know, I kind of call that trainer up. Um, Actually, Christina's husband, Joe, helps me so much with my colt. So I think a lot of it is just being humble enough to be able to take other people's advice and opinions.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. And like bits in general are like the most controversial I think, I think, in oh, the Western industry.
1: Yeah.
0: Holy moly. Get me started. Yeah, I'm we like don't need to get into that. So we have
1: like a whole <laughs> a whole, I'm sure, slew of people that we could name right off the bat that are like bitless people. So <laughs> Oh
0: gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And there's this really good TikTok account. I'll have to find the name of the guy. Um, but he's very educated when it comes to spade bits and this one like English prissy lady, um, makes this tiktok about how how cruel is this spade the bits are where
1: he like puts the spade bit in their mouth yes and, and he like shows until they just hold it themselves yes
0: exactly yeah, yeah. he does that right. and then he takes a skull like a, a horse skull and he puts it in there and shows exactly anatomically where everything is and he doesn't do it meanly like he rebuttals this girl very matter-of-factly just to like educate her he's very educated when it comes to spade bits so i'll have to find his tiktok and i'll post it on the on the instagram um, next one. Do we wear authentic, tur- like wear our authentic tu- turquoise jewelry, like go all out with our jewelry when we're riding or are we going no jewelry when we ride?
1: Okay. Um, I would say yes to both, but on different kind of occasions day to day. No, I do not wear uh, my turquoise jewelry when I ride because again, I live in Texas and it's a thousand degrees here. And if I went to ride, and then got off and tried to take my rings off, I would be so hot and my hands would be so swollen, I would not be able to get them off. Um, But that being said, when I get dressed up for either a rodeo perf um, or a parade or something like that, I do really like to embrace kind of the glamour of the Western industry, in that I usually have my hair curled or in some sort of like fancy bun under my hat, I usually have full glam makeup and then yeah I do put my rings on and usually like a choker or something that you can see under my pearl snap. Um so just different things for different occasions, but no, day to day I take my jewelry off because it's hot down here.
0: <laughs> see, I'm the opposite. I am I never take my jewelry off. So like when I'm riding it would just be so funny. We'd be out gathering or I'd be in the sort pen and I'd just have like I'd be dripping in turquoise on my fingers and everyone would be like oh my God, like, aren't you going to take all your rings off? I'm like, no, I love them. So I was just the person that always kept them on because in my head, I was like, if I take all this stuff off, I'm going to lose it. So keeping it on was always like, you know, what I wanted to do. And I just loved, exactly. And I just loved the, um... It was kind of the look for me of like an Adrian Brannan look. Like if you've seen a lot of like her content, like she always had like red oh, lipstick I'm like minorly, and like I'm minorly obsessed with her. So oh, obsessed. Yeah. So she um she kind of inspired me too, where I was like, I'm the female out here that is like having to prove herself like ten times more than any of the guys in order to like ride well. And I don't want to brag or anything, but I felt thought, thought I held my own. And so the fact that I would like be able to wear like my full drip of turquoise and have some like lashes on while I'm keeping up, you know that would be really fun for me. So I always like wear all the wear all the turquoise. Um, indoor rodeo arena versus an outdoor rodeo arena.
1: Okay, I know we're going to be different on this one. Hundred percent, girl. I'm a big indoor girl. You know our big rodeo here that I'm really involved in um, is at Lone Star Arena here in Stephenville, which is a completely uh, indoor arena. Um, So I'm a little bit partial to that. And again, it's hot here. So when you have a climate controlled uh, environment, it definitely makes things more enjoyable.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, you know, I am a big outdoor rodeo arena girl. Um, here are our local rodeo Greeley Stampede that I run flags for. It just for me just feels so much bigger, like having an outdoor arena and then having the sun shining and then we can do like fireworks at night and stuff like that. Um, and just rodeos like that, like Cheyenne Frontier Days, um, Reno Rodeo, like just rodeos like that where it's outdoors. Obviously, those are all places that are like, up here north so the climate's a little better but it just is so much prettier to me when you have like that scenery and everything all around I'm obsessed yeah, with it
1: I think the only open air rodeo that I've personally been to would be Reno because I I mean I've been to you know the grounds up at Cheyenne Frontier Days um but I've never you know actually been to a perf there um so yeah I think I'm, that's just kind of more of the location you know right Maybe- like down
0: in Texas I mean and just like a lot of the rodeos down south when you look at like nfr like there is something to be said about an indoor stadium arena like that is is. a vibe and a
1: lot of our arenas you know are also double as something else like dickie's arena for example which is where they have a lot of stock shows and um, rodeos down there that's also a huge concert venue um the fort worth the rodeo that's takes place like at the stockyards like there's one every weekend and then they do like a wild west show there too um, that's completely indoors is the Cowtown Arena. So, yeah, it's just kind of location, but they do feel very different, I would say.
0: Huge different. Um, okay, so what are we feeding? Grass versus alfalfa hay? I have an um, opinion on this, but I'm going to let you go first. I have, I have... I have opinions, too.
1: And I think, okay, so I'm a little bit torn. Um, I think that the healthiest horse is a horse is just grazing. So um, I have two horses right now. Well, I have three. Two of them are in pasture with a grass round bale because we're in a drought right now in Texas. So our hay situation is pretty bleak as it is. Um, That aside, I do believe that the healthiest horse is a horse that basically just feeds itself is free fed. Um, So my two horses that one's retired and then my husband's rope horse, they're just free fed on a huge Uh, round bale my colt however he gets alfalfa cubes um because i think he's still growing and he needs nutrients that is not in the grass that we have out here the grass that y'all have up north is so much more nutrient dense than the grass that we have here like the grass the grass we have down here is terrible like i will say it it's terrible um so horses i think that are growing or pregnant mares they need something else Uh, whether it's a supplement or alfalfa that being said alfalfa is a lot more expensive so yeah just my colt right now gets alfalfa cubes I don't love feeding cubes but um, your girl's balling on a budget because alfalfa hay is very expensive and cubes is the cheapest way that you can get it so Hayes gets that and then my two other horses that are out in pasture are on a grass round bale.
0: So here's the thing that people don't understand. And I have a story about this. It is 100% like reliant on where you live. So um, you and I grew up in California and coastal grass is a thing, like grass that's grown around the coast. So Texas, California, that kind of thing. Coastal grass is not great to feed your horse solely. So it it has nothing. No, it's nothing. And so when, you know, us growing up in in California, our horses were always on either alfalfa or an alfalfa mix with grass. Um, And then horses like down in Texas, like alfalfa is something you have to like feed. Um, So I teach equine dental school. I taught one in Wyoming and we had someone there, um, this guy from Texas, that I don't think he'd been out of Texas much. And, you know, he saw what we were feeding horses up there and he's like... Oh, our horses down in Texas, like we have such high performance horses that we can't, we can't feed them just grass. Like they're they they wouldn't be okay. Like we have to feed alfalfa. I was like, oh well, out here, like the grass is so much better. It's so much higher quality. Like it's very high and like protein. Like it's it's very good. So I was like, you know out here grass is fine. He's like, Oh no, like they wouldn't like my performance horses are, are so much. They need this, this, and this, they need alfalfa. They wouldn't be able to survive on just this. And it just like blew my mind to that day. It just made me so passionate about the grass versus alfalfa argument because I was like, yes, where you live, the grass is not good here. It is good. <laughs> that yeah, being said, you
1: can see the difference, if you oh, look at a truckload, yeah. like I can, I can tell a truck that's come from pretty much anywhere like North of Colorado, it looks so different than the grass. Here. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, last time um, Christina was here, she was like, your hay looks so good. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I forget what it's like <laughs> living on the coast. Yeah.
1: Cause our hay literally like, it looks almost like straw sometimes because yeah. it's just, it's nasty. So yeah, I think people that have only had experience in one area of the country don't really understand that it differs and they don't understand kind of like the breakdown and, and the different nutritional ways, different value. Hay. Yeah. Yeah. Nutritional value. Like, alfalfa's not even a hay. It's a legume. Right. So, you know, that's not really... Ideally, like, I would not have a horse just on alfalfa. I would rather have a horse on grass with supplements than on alfalfa, in my opinion.
0: Right. Well, that's just me. Right. And out here, um, our horses, we have them on a grass-alfalfa mix um, just because it is a little bit richer. And we have some big boys and we do some fun stuff with them. So I like to keep them a little just as a little extra protein. Um, that being said, we kind of already touched on this, but out in pasture versus stalled horses.
1: Yeah, kind of just to go off what we were saying. So again, not only do I think that healthiest horses are free fed, I also think that the healthiest and happiest horses are in pasture just being horses. Horses are not meant to be kept in boxes. Um, and that's something that was huge eye opening to me. And I'm sure to you when I left California, where there's you know, so many of these huge equestrian centers where literally these horses are in like these 10 by 10 boxes, like their entire life, or even in a, what you call a quote unquote pasture in, in California is not, or at least in Southern California, there are very large grass pastures in Northern California In Southern California, there's no large grass pastures. Oh no. Um, so um my two older horses are out in pasture and I think that they're the happiest out there they're just being horses mare's retired my husband's rope horse he kind of just does his thing my colt is stalled because I don't trust him to be uh out in pasture quite yet he was out um a couple it was in the middle of July I believe um, I had put him out to pasture because I was like, I really just want him to be able to just be a horse for, you know, a couple days. And he ran through a fence and um, I had to take him to the vet on a Friday night at about midnight and he cost me a little bit of money. So since then he's uh, kind of been stalled, but I do ride him almost every day. And if I don't ride him, he is tacked and standing all day um, because he's cold and that's what he needs to do. Um, so I would prefer my horses all to be out in pasture, but um, Mr. Hayes is not quite up for that yet. Um, <laughs> for his own protection, he will be stalled for probably
0: until further notice, <laughs> yeah, until
1: further notice, until he can handle the responsibility of being out in pasture. And also, you know, I only have so much room, and he is gelded, but he's still kind of an idiot. And I have a mare out there in pasture, so I just don't want to deal with the drama of having you know a semi freshly gilded colt out there with my mare and she's gross. oh 100% I mean, she just gets gross and I'm not going to go into any more details but she gets gross with the boys so <laughs> that's my opinion on that
0: so my opinion is actually a little bit of a hot take like people would probably think that I'm gonna say 100% like out in pasture all the time but I think there's a time and place where horses um need to be kind of like kept nice in a barn. Like I look at horses, like these super nice rainers and cutters that are started, um, you know, like these, um, high performance horses that are needing to look really show ready and they're needed to be fed a certain thing. And then they're being ridden for X amount of hours a day. So they're already out of their stall doing all this, but they're these high performance animals. I think it is important for something like that. That's so expensive and so pricey and there's a lot of money wrapped up in them you know definitely I think it's a good idea for those horses to be stalled and on really nice shavings and that kind of thing um but for horses like our horses where you know they're not high performance animals they're our horses are are very nice and I will say that but they're not um they get scraggly in the winter they're not you know like kept yeah, know. super so well you're, you're
1: not body clipping them
0: we're know? not body clipping <laughs> them um <laughs> they're not super shiny they're just well you know in the summer they're pretty shiny but they're they are out. So we have ours turned out. Um, it was really nice when my husband was cowboying, when these horses that we have now were Colts, because we actually in the winter just kicked them out, um, on a few hundred acres with a herd of about, um, like 10, 15, 20 horses, a bunch of saddle horses. We'd kick them out. Um, for a couple months and we'd only check on them, you know, once every week or so. And I mean, I think it's kind of like an ignorance is bliss thing. Like, I think if we were watching them, it would have been a haze situation where we would have just like watched them be like, absolutely not. They're being idiots. Um, but it was really nice. I think having them be out, just go out when they were Colts at two and three years old in the winter when we weren't doing anything with them anyway, um, just to let them travel be moving around a lot and, um, you know, looking for food, foraging, kind of being in a herd. I think that helped their mind a lot being able to do that. So I, agree. Um, I wish
1: that everybody could do that with their colts. I think it would make the colts a lot faster if
0: 100%. They had that
1: opportunity for a long period of time to just be a horse, you know, like exactly said, forage for food, learning kind of, you know, herd mentality where they fit in.
0: Um, right. I and this isn't me saying kick your colts be out until that. they're five. Like I, th- I'm a firm believer in at two, I like personally with my colts at two, I should be able to sit on them and walk them around with a halter mm-hmm. and a saddle. And by three, they're expected to do a lot, lot more, like all this stuff. But I'm not saying lope circles on a two year old until it gets hawker arthritis. Like <laughs> let them be turned out for a few months and be a yeah. horse, like, but still be able to do that kind of thing. So it's kind of like a, an in-betweeny thing. Um, okay, sport boots versus naked legs when you're riding.
1: Okay, I have a hot take on this. Ooh, I love am not it. one of those girls that have like a tack room organizer with like 85,000 pairs of sport boots. If you have that many sport boots, you have too much money. And I'm just that's my hot take. That's my hot I take. Love it. Because I have probably maybe six pairs, maybe. Um, you know, and some of them, like I only use for parades because they're like patriotic or whatever. And then my husband has ones that he only uses when he's team roping. Um, but bottom line, I'm more of a naked leg person because I don't, I'm sorry, a pair of fronts and backs it's like two hundred and fifty dollars.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are. Crazy. I don't have that
1: much. I don't have that much money. Um, so as much if I would if I could, I would have a different color for every day of the week. But I don't. Um, and the reality of it is, I don't think they're really necessary to go lope circles. I don't think you need to have overreach boots and sports medicine boots if you're just going to go lope circles in an arena. Um, that being said, if my husband is roping, even if we're like just doing some dummy work or for roping live steers, yes, I will put overreach boots and fronts. My horses hate backs, so I don't even own any backs. Really, they do like the weird walking thing when you put the backs on. They hate. So on. funny. Um, but yeah, I will put some boots on if we are doing something that's a little bit more, you know, athletic, so to speak. Um, but no, just to go get on my colt and lope them around the arena. No, I don't put, I don't put any boots on.
0: See, I'm not a sport boot gal. The, mostly the reason I have them is for some arena work and, um, we have them sponsored with Colorado Stars and Stripes to wear for events like that, but even when we were out cowboying and doing all that stuff and out in the mountains all day and we just took our horses on a pack trip and had them up in the mountains, even for all that, we – I don't use sports boots. I just – I don't know. I just never have been obsessed with them. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think for a lot of people, they're more for the aesthetic than, yeah. um, like, anything else big time um now I understand like you know with raining and and cutting a lot of them use like the really high quality leather boots um splint boots and stuff like that and that's fine again I don't have that much freaking money so right (laughs) um I have a couple pairs our team our flag team we have different um polo wraps that we use and those are mainly for the aesthetic reason
0: exactly okay cowboy hat versus ball cap
1: personally I wear a ball cap more because like I said it's so hot here um and I'm not a really big straw girl I have a few straw hats but I don't necessarily wear them while I'm riding a lot um most of the time it's because I if I am riding I am rushed most of the time because I have a one-year-old so it's I'm gonna run inside I'm gonna change I'm gonna throw a ball cap on tuck my hair under it I have a lot of hair also um And I'm running out, I'm tacking up, and I'm going. So I don't really have a lot of time to, like, decide if I'm going to wear a cowboy hat or not. And I have so many ball caps. I could probably wear a different ball cap every day of the week for three months. Like, I have, (laughs) between my husband and I, we have so many ball caps. um, So that's kind of my go-to.
0: I'm a ball cap gal as well. I love a ball cap. I, I don't know. I do love a cowboy hat for certain situations, but most every day I'm going to be doing a ball cap. Well, and
1: you and I both have really long hair.
0: Super so long hair. <laughs>
1: having, you know, the hole in the back kind of gives you that extra security. Um, and you know, your hair can either stay up in the pony or in a bun or whatever. And it's just out of your face. I hate having my hair in my face when I ride. Oh, me So too. whatever I have it to, needs to be to get it out of my face is fine.
0: Okay. Twisted X's versus Hey Dudes
1: um I'm gonna say hey dudes hey dudes are huge here in Texas um and in Stephenville specifically um so I'm big hey dude girl I have had both um but I love hey dudes I love how light they are um I kind of wear them for more around town I have one pair specifically that are like kind of more of my like I call them my slippers now because I've like put my foot in them so many times with the back folded down they're kind of just like oh that annoys the crap
0: out of my husband if I do that with my hey dudes he blows a gasket he's like no you are not this person (laughs) he's like put the heel up
1: that's so funny so yeah I have a pair that are basically just slip on like that and I'll wear them out to the barn and then I have a nicer pair that I'll wear like you know out and to town and to school and stuff um I just think the main thing for me is I never had the twisted X's that were slip on. Like I always had the, I think they're called the driving moccasins. Um, So you have to tie them. Um, So I think it's just more of the convenience factor. And then again, the weather. I do, I have not worn my twisted X's in months because it's so hot here and they're, they're more for cold, colder weather, you know? Oh They're yeah! great for if you want to go do barn chores and it's cold and you don't want to put on muck boots or anything like that. I love them for that. But here, man, slip on the Hey Dudes and you're good to go.
0: So here is the thing. I do love my Hey Dudes. I have a pair and I love them. They are very cute and, you know, they are really convenient just to go out and about. Um, but with Twisted Xs, here is a little tip I'll give you too because you said that yours like, oh, like you have to tie them. I have the driving mocks as well. What I do with mine is I... um make them nice and loose. And then I tie knots in the side to where they're like really loose and I cut them and burn the edges. I'll have to post a picture of Ooh, what it looks like. That's a good idea. Um, so like they a kind of are slip ons. Yeah. I'll have to do a tutorial about them. So they basically are slip ons. Like I don't tie them. Um, and I think you that's why people that. get a lot of, I totally, yeah,
1: I would totally do that. I'll, please, yeah. I'll do that this winter.
0: You should. And I'll show you how I'll post a little tutorial of how to do it, but there you basically can just like slip them on and go. They definitely are for like warmer weather or for colder weather, I mean. Um, but I use them to float teeth in. So I love my Twisted Xs to float yeah, teeth in. Those are tech. like my...
1: I used to tech when I was an ambulatory equine vet tech. I would wear my Twisted Xs like
0: Yeah, they're the best because the they're durable. They're leather. So you're not too worried about them getting and super I dirty.
1: My first pair, this is gonna... I'm so old. When I got my first pair of Twisted Xs, like the only women's pair were the breast cancer pink ones. Oh, that's the the ones ones I got too.
0: 2015. Josh got them for me for my 20th birthday.
1: (laughs) They were the only ones available. So those were my first ones. And so I've had um, Twisted Xs way longer than I've had Hey Dudes. I didn't even know what Hey Dudes were until I moved to Stephenville. Right. Um, But yeah. And then I got um, like... Once they came out with like all these different ones with like tooling and like blue ones. I'm oh, I know. People don't
0: know how so good they I have it. The we had to do the yeah. pink ones. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm. I'm not. See, you're a pink girl. I'm not a pink girl.
0: So oh my gosh!
1: I was over here rocking the pink twisted X's when I really much would have preferred ones that were like just brown or maybe blue or tooled or something.
0: Exactly. You gotta okay. Remember Are- where you came from. Uh, I remember where it came from, baby. Um, arena work versus riding outside.
1: Okay. This has huge has to do with um, where we live. So obviously being from California, there's a lot of government owned land in California. So it's easier to like, go on trail and do things like that. Here in Texas, there's like, everything's privately owned. So like, you can't just like go on trail here because everybody owns it. Everything's fenced. Like it's, it's not like that at all. Um, unless you own a huge ranch like you don't really get the opportunity to go out and gather and stuff unless you are gathering for somebody like it's just very different here Um, and because you know we only have so much land we didn't have an arena when we moved and we have built our own arena and that's something that's been a childhood dream of mine and that I hold very close to my heart so arena work I'm gonna have to go with arena work because you know that's what we that was our goal, and that's what we pushed towards. And that's what I do every day because, like I said, in Texas, everything is privately owned. You can literally be driving down the highway and point over at what looks like this huge, vast area, and somebody's owned it, and it's fenced. You have to, in order for me to, like, go on trail, um, which I don't have trail horses, so that probably wouldn't be a great idea as it is, um, I would have to hook my truck and trailer, up, load my horses, and go to, like, like a park, like a national park or, or a preserve or something like that. And that's just the way it is. here.
0: Right. I am very lucky because here in Colorado, um, it's a lot different. You can go around a lot of different places. Um, and then I got very lucky with, you know, like my husband cowboying for so long, cause we would be able to go outside all the time. We had tens of thousands of acres that, you know, were at our disposal. Um, I'm just a huge fan of riding outside I don't have an arena, um, but I don't know. I'm the kind of person where I go, you know, haul to an arena. I have a friend that's got an arena, and we can, like, go there. Um, I just get bored. I don't know why. I just get bored. I'm like, yeah. okay, I like lope circles, and, you know, we can rope for a little bit. But I just love – um the idea of, you know, you can find like a flat spot when you're outside somewhere. And I just think it's so good for your horse's minds to be able to go do stuff outside and, you know, like find a little flat spot somewhere that's kind of like, looks like a little round pen situation size. And you can go look circles in there and kind of do something there and go out. And, um, I'm a big fan of being outside, but like you said, that's kind of just like a privilege thing. Like where we live right now, it's really nice. Cause we can just go ride down the road and we've, you know, from our house, there's plenty of places to go. Um, that technically isn't like owned by anyone. So yeah, um, that's
1: something that I huge kind of bucket list thing for me would be, you know, once Boudreaux's old enough to be able to like ride on his own is would be to just pack the trailer up and go up to like Wyoming, Montana, big sky country and just go out and, you know, ride. Um, Cause that's something I've never gotten to do. And that's something I really want my son to be able to do. Um, so that's definitely on the to-do list in-
0: Well, you guys know we, um, you're always welcome to come with us. (laughs) Come all (laughs) up here and we'll take you guys on a little backpacking trip with them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely, definitely the goal in a few years.
0: Um, push style horses versus free runners.
1: Okay, so I don't have a whole lot of barrel experience. I feel like this is kind of definitely more of a a y type question. I'm not a barrel. But I don't know expert. necessarily.
0: It's just like the type of horse you run. Like, do you or do you ride? Do would you rather a horse you have that has to be a little more push style that you have to get going, or would you rather have a horse that you want to like kind of have to pull back a little bit?
1: So I think. Okay, so if I was gonna be running barrels, which I'm not a barrel racer, but I have run like free runner style barrels versus a push style horse on barrels. I love a free runner for barrels. However, for me and the direction that I'm trying to um like bring my horses, which is, you know, pleasure, um, stuff like that, you know, you're graded based on how much of a pleasure your horse is to ride. So obviously something like that, you're not gonna want a a free running style horse. You're gonna want something that's very collected. Um, and has more of a level head um, my cult personally he's very push pushed out he is not he's not a free runner at all like he gets hot don't get me wrong and stupid because he's a cult but um, he's pretty lazy honestly and that's totally fine with me in my opinion I have I'm too old number one and I have too many things to do to fight my horse and try to keep them from like going and blowing up um, that's just my opinion. And that's kind of the direction that I'm trying to go. Like I said, kind of the versatility ranch horse. Um, so I'd much rather have a more of a push style horse.
0: I'm the same way. I have always loved push style horses. I don't love a free runner. Um, which, you know, I run flags for rodeos. You'd think I'd love a horse that I just be like, all right, well, like, let's hope he stops. Like, like let him go. Um, but I have always loved a horse that will not completely like blow up and I'll feel out of control on. I love a horse that I feel like I can trust 100% that like you're going the speed that I'm asking you and you're only going to go as fast as I ask you to go. And you're going to come down from that super easy. Um, so I've always loved to push style horse because I love a horse that I don't have to worry about. And I'm not like scared of getting out of control and that kind of thing.
1: No, I totally agree with uh, the horse that I run flags on. I can go run him, you know, three flag laps and then go over to the alleyway and Get off him, and then he'll just stand there. You know. Yeah, that's that's so. our
0: colts too. It's like, well, Josh's colt, and then my horse. It's like we can go run flag runs, and then literally go stand at the grilly Stampede Alleyway where there's like so much going on, and just they'll take a deep breath and just stand there.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't have time to be dealing with anything that's snorty. So no,
0: no, ma'am. Uh, are we blanketing in the winter versus letting them get a long coat?
1: Mm. Okay, I have princess horses. Like I said, here in in Texas, when it gets cold, for, like, the month that it gets cold, our horses don't know what to do. Like, they will sit there and shake. And, you know, Texans are just so different. Like, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but, like, literally so many people out here blanket when it's, like, 50 degrees.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see that all the time out there.
1: Um, But, no, I blanket... Uh, we usually have like for the last three years in January, February we get like this really cold spell, so we'll get snow and, and freezing temperatures, and yeah, we do blanket um in their undercover installs. Uh, so we have so a horses.
0: So I think that's just like a difference in like where you live, because in California where we grew up as well, people were blanketing like you said in like fifty and fifty degree weather, and for us out here, you know my my horse he was born in Montana and raised in Montana. And my husband's horse, he was born in South Dakota and raised there. And neither of them have... Let me try to think about this. Neither of them have spent a night in a stall. Like, we have a barn um, that has a pretty big turnout. It's a pretty big stall. And we've... um, They've been in there, but they're not, like, locked in a stall for nighttime, like, undercover. Like, they've always been. And, like, I'll go out in a snowstorm and look at my horses, and they're standing out in the snow. Like, they don't want to be inside. <laughs> like, yeah, the so first time I ever had to put them. Are,
1: like, northern horses. Right. Our horses are all southern horses. Like.
0: And the way the all... weather is here is they have so much time when the days start getting shorter. Um, because horses start to grow a coat when the days get shorter. And, um... When the days start getting shorter here, it starts getting colder. In Texas, they ain't like that. Like when the days start getting shorter, it's still 90 degrees. So when days are getting shorter here, it is starting to get colder. So they have like months to grow a coat before a true winter of like January, February. So um, we do not blanket. I I don't own blankets for my horses. Because first of all, they don't need it. Their coat is like longer than like the hair on my husband's head. And number two, they would not keep them on. Like, my horses would destroy a blanket. Anything gets near their, their pen or their pasture, it's, like, destroyed. Like, we had a tarp over the hay, and they somehow pulled it off and, like, just ripped it to shreds. <laughs> I'm like, if you guys had a blanket on, like, fly masks, they last, like, a week. Like, the stuff doesn't last. So they would just destroy a, <laughs> destroy a blanket. Um, we do have a mini, Mr. Lucky. Um, he's 28, so he has a blanket. <laughs> Lucky, he's an old man. He gets a blanket. But our big horses, no, they do not.
1: Yeah, so our my we have my husband's retired mayor. She has always been like I don't I don't know if she's ever been in like a cold state. She's spent a lot of time in Texas and in California, and her like she barely gets a winter coat. And she's arthritic and old, so we make sure and blanket her. Um, and then yeah, our head horse, my husband's head horse, he gets blanketed. Um, but again, he's, I think only ever lived in Texas. And then, um, my Colt, um, we'll see this winter. I'll probably buy him a sheet or something first to see how he does with that. Because um, he's probably never had a blanket on. No, he was untouched until, until this January. um, Right. In, um, out here kind of in West Northern Texas. Um, and it, it got, I think they got snow a couple times, but I mean, it's nothing in comparison to what you would see in Colorado or Montana,
0: um, he was probably alive during the big freeze then, huh? Yeah. I wonder yeah, how he, he did.
1: Uh, he was pretty shaggy. He had a pretty good coat when I picked him out because um, I, I bought him in January. So, I mean, that's pretty much dead away. But
0: that's the thing about li- living in a really hot climate is keeping a blanket on them keeps their coat short because it's mm-hmm. not getting super cold to where they need that coat, so no. keeping that coat short is actually helping them by keeping a blanket on them. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's like a perpetual cycle. Um, right. So yeah. Stay tuned for this winter to see how Hayes does with his blanketing. Right.
0: Um. Sh- last question: Last this or that? Shavings in the trailer, or are we just doing plain rubber mats?
1: Just mat- mats. I do not do shavings in the trailer.
0: Absolutely not. You and I can agree on that. I hate no. shavings in the trailer. Have time for that? Cleaning that is a mess.
1: I mean, maybe if... See, I don't even know if we were doing like a really long haul if I would do it.
0: No. We had a girl on our flag team and she would only put them in one little corner, like a little ball, not even where the horses were. And I'm like, what's that? She's like, oh, that's if I have to pee. (laughs) Because she didn't have a living quarters. So she literally put shavings down for herself.
1: Literally. Okay. I I was like,
0: "Um, okay, maybe I'll do that.
1: (laughs) Good idea. Because I have my fair share of peeing in the trailer um, 100% so.
0: yeah that's, that's where we go
1: life hack
0: cowgirl life hack cowgirl life hack put shavings in the trailer but just for you <laughs> for you to pee. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, with that being said, we are all finished Aurora. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I feel like this was a really fun bonus episode that people are going to love. And guys, I want to hear what your hot takes are. So go on our Instagram and let us know if you agree with a lot of these opinions. If you don't agree with them, what you think, um, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram at women in Western podcast. And we will see you this upcoming Wednesday for the second episode of the week. And until then, have a great rest of your day.